0: Greasers can't walk alone too much or they'll get jumped by the socials. The socials are the rich kids. The Southside jet set. The socials wear madras, drive fancy cars,
1: and wreck houses at fancy parties. Greasers wear black leather jackets and blue jeans. Rob gas stations and get into a gang fight. Intellectual thing!
2: Greasers. Yeah. We're soches.
1: <laughs> We're bridging the gap. <laughs> Finally, bridging the gap between, between,
2: between p- soches and greasers. Yeah.
1: That's what, that's what the Mayor Pete campaign is truly about.
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bring together hopes.
1: this country, greaser and soche.
2: <laughs> <laughs> White pores and rich pores. You mean rich whites? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> Rich, poor. <laughs> yeah, rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> in, a, in
1: a Mayor Pete America, the only black person you'll see is in a burning church.
0: <laughs>
2: That's right. A child
1: <laughs> saved by
0: the heroic white poor who realizes the black child has a better life ahead of him than That's he does. Right. Yeah.
2: Good job, Johnny. All right. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show where me and Jeremy watch uh, movies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Thank you for listening. What has been going on, Jeremy?
1: Uh, well, I don't know. This is our second episode. It is. <laughs> We're trying trying out different things, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Last time, we just kind of like... We went right into we the movie. We just went right into the movie. And we
2: wanted to take a little time and say, hey. Hey,
1: thanks what's for, up, everybody? Thanks for
2: listening. Hey, thanks <laughs> for coming. It's cool to, that you're here. It's great. <laughs> it's really nice to talk to you today. And this is a show where we watch films, videos, any kind of visual art that moves flicks? of any length. Kinos? Flicks of a yeah. Of yeah, this yeah. is
1: a this is a podcast about flicks. <laughs> it You're is. Right. It's a
2: flickster podcast.
1: It's a flicks pod. <laughs> Today we have our yeah. first
2: guest, Christopher What's from up? BP Bledis. You
0: may know me from such shows as BP Bledis, where I smoke mids, and uh, Left Trigger, where we smoke mids
2: and play games. That's right. Um, <laughs> we have two shows together, and now he's on this show.
1: I'm, yeah. I weasel my way in. I don't know if we've ever talked about if we talked about this on the the Joker episode that we did together or any of our other ones. I don't like mids. <laughs> you don't? You like a, weed family? at all? I like regs.
2: I smoke regs. Oh yeah, no, that's the best kind. You like? Wait, re- then
1: why are you a mids podcast? Because
2: here's the thing: current day mids.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's there's midsflation is what it is. Yes,
1: midsflation are
2: is is basically cop ship in the seventies. Or even like, the or 90s. when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah.
1: 2000s. yeah. I mean, like, it's
2: all gotten too powerful. It's too powerful. Yeah. I like to smoke weed that is very shitty, uh-huh. the mids just are too damn strong, to, a little yeah. high.
1: I like weed that barely feels like weed. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah. just like I want it to feel like an opiate. Like, I'm just like, oh, cool. Feel I want it my- to feel
1: like tobacco, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, just I like want a- weed to be like tobacco, but the first one. Yeah. <laughs> like, the first cigarette in the morning is what I want weed to feel like. Anyway, welcome to Generation Loss, <laughs> a distinct podcast from our other podcast. <laughs>
2: That's right. A different podcast. There's no
1: mids on here. There's just flicks. <laughs> we n- we'll never talk about mids again. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about movies. And this week, we're talking about... The outside, the outsiders, from nineteen eighty something,
2: directed by Fran Cop. Fran Cop, yeah. Uh,
1: um, but but before we do that, we um, this is what I was trying to say before right. is we're trying to do little little uh, some sort of like intro segmenty yeah. thing, uh, and I guess we're gonna talk about like what I don't know. how do we.
2: We're just going to talk about what we all watch without each other.
1: Yeah. Like what what other stuff aside from the Outsiders are you watching this week? Right.
2: The two big things I watched was I watched a four and a half hour YouTube video mm-hmm. <laughs> um, about Twin Peaks. Okay. And it was based... Bro or against? It was just called Explained. Like Twin Peaks Explained No Really. And he okay. goes through every season and the movie and gives his opinion about what he thinks... All the metaphors are okay, which seems insufferable and it is, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think he's right about a lot of stuff. Okay, um, not everything, but I don't think anybody could watch a four and a half hour thing and about a show and be like, I agree with everything you said, Mm -hmm. but I think it's really interesting. And it was, I was like, I'm not gonna watch all this, I'm just gonna see what this is about. And then it was kind of entertaining and fascinating, and it was great to sort of like have an excuse to kind of revisit one of my favorite shows of all time mm-hmm. um and think about it and it sort of because i kind of ha- already agreed with him like my assessment of twin peaks was that it's very self-aware very meta and in kind of about television in general so it was fun it was a fun little uh
1: yeah i, th- I feel like that genre of youtube video is like very easy to get sucked into
2: like Big either time. you're
1: spit out immediately like you you start the thing and you're like 3 hours fuck off I will never watch this <laughs> yeah. and I will never watch anything on your channel again in fact or you're just like captivated from start to finish like I feel the same way about the the first time the Plinket reviews started making the rounds mm-hmm. the Phantom Menace one and people are like there is a 3 hour video about the Phantom Menace and you're like the Phantom Menace is an hour and 45 right why would I watch that why would I watch that and then you watch the first 5 minutes and you're like all right, well, I guess I'm I'll here for the rest in, yeah. of the night.
2: <laughs> Same with uh, most of Harrison Bomber Guy's shit. Yes, he's just did like the, um Sherlock, the one. Sherlock one. Yeah. That was the first thing I saw from him, and I was me just too. like, dude, I'd watch. I don't even like either of these shows. Uh-huh. I don't give a shit about Sherlock. I've never even heard of. What was the other one? Like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, they're yeah. They're like really low budget. I oh, think yeah. it was just called Jekyll. Yeah, yeah. And it was like. Yeah, I don't give a shit at all about this asshole, but it's like i give a shit about watching someone shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's very <laughs> enjoyable. I didn't
1: even know that uh that Hbomberguy was like a political YouTuber until He wasn't, really. I think until like I met ollie and just kind of realized that there was this whole scene going i didn't even know about like the bread tube thing basically until we met ollie
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like age bomber guy is like half and half because he still does some videos that are just about video games and that's like his channel kind of started as like video games and movies and stuff and then he just also put in some political stuff as well it just
2: happens to be kind of a progressive yeah. Li- maybe I don't know what his, like don't know. Are, but... his
1: other stuff too. Like it's pretty his... sick way to live your life, though. I'd say. Yeah, making yeah. really long g- videos about video games. Well, but also <laughs> like uh, like fifty fiftying between doing political shit and doing like fun media stuff. I like, mean, I find it like really. That's my two podcasts.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I find it insufferable when somebody is like only political all the time. Right. And just like well, th- then w-, my friend from college, Adam, who I'm now enemies with, uh, had okay. a, <laughs> had a really <laughs> fantastic way of expressing this about a friend of ours, Eric, who only ever talked about anarchism. <laughs> only thing he ever wanted to talk about was he was like an anarcho-primitivist. All he ever wanted to talk oh, about. Oh, no. Uh, terrible, I know. Uh, but Listen, if you're an
2: anarcho-permanist listening to this, you're an Amish person. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, turn it <laughs> we off. We don't want your subscription. You
1: don't subscription. get podcasts. <laughs> That's civilization. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care if you're playing <laughs> it on a fucking tape or an A-track yeah, or something. Yeah, you can't be anti-siv and listening to a podcast. Get yeah, that shit out of here. You
2: fucking Amish bitch. But anyways,
1: uh, we were always really annoyed by Eric and how he would only ever talk about anarchism or whatever. And Adam one time was like, yeah, it's just like uh, after the rev, what's he going to have to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. what are you gonna do gonna Be the most boring person in the world it's
2: like we did it guys everything's
0: great now good thing we did that remember what before we had anarchism wow, yeah. we, that sucked when we had capitalism man <laughs>
2: yeah he just only talks about how much it used to suck when he was a kid and like we didn't mm-hmm. have anarchism yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he's just um, trying to like tell kids boring stories and they're like that's cool man i'm gonna go make some art and then go to like the, the free <laughs> music performance later but right.
2: uh, thanks for telling me yes yeah, so even my Even my uh, media podcast is (laughs) shitting on (laughs) (laughs) anarcho-primitivists. But yeah, so the other thing I did this week was um, I went and saw a double feature of two peter strickland films uh duke of burgundy and in fabric at the metrograph in new york city in Manhattan, um very uh <laughs> well
0: now i'm not sure if you made up any of those words
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we went to Manhattan and watched the new film by uh peter movie man <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i didn't make up any of those words those are all movie <laughs> man is
1: uh is the uh, alt account of movie bob
2: <laughs> 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 no but uh i'm a big i was a big fan of um his first two films, Katzen Varga and um Berberine Sound Studio. And these are her last two films or mm-hmm. next most recent two films. And uh they were fun. Uh Duke of Burgundy is about um a lesbian couple who are into BDSM and live in this weird like world where everyone is a woman who's into BDSM and a lesbian. Dude, nice. Um and they're <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. They're... <laughs> they're
1: uh Send me there so I can get punished and never have sex (laughs) (laughs)
2: there's like no men in the movie like not even on screen for a Uh, second but it's basically and they're also entomologists they study bugs so there's a lot of butterflies and moss in the movie Mm -hmm. um but they it's sort of this um it's sort of all a metaphor just for like relationship power dynamics in general Mm -hmm. like starts off and you think it's just a rich woman abusing her maid for like the first 10-15 minutes you just think it's this horrible relationship and then you realize it's consensual and then you realize that the dom one doesn't really like even maybe not isn't super into it and then it's like this weird push and pull of like yeah well they're trying to be nice to each other and they really love each other but there's this thing that they do and it's it's very sweet there's not it's like at first you think it's just a porn movie but there's no (laughs) nudity it's just very sexual and then it like slowly devolves into or whatever evolves into like a rom-com basically like this sort of
1: so kind of like antichrist (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, the opposite of anti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's great and then In Fabric is a, a even less self serious movie about a killer dress mm-hmm. uh, it's about this woman who buys a dress and then like it kills people um, uh, but it's like very reminiscent of like Blue Sunshine or like Suspiria like the weird like bed? the mm, bed that eats people yeah yeah kind of <laughs> like that <laughs> uh i have seen that yeah so kind of like that it's kind of like that except it's very stylized and like uh-huh. kind and of like good it's funny yeah it's a it's a comedy on purpose so okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then i watch another movie uh, <laughs> what did side. what did you watch
1: so i guess at some point they uh rebooted to catch a predator no yeah yeah, yeah. it's like back it's back baby it's on youtube though it's like a youtube exclusive oh my god and it's chris hansen again chris hansen's back really back in the in the in the starring role and uh it's wild and it's just as entertaining (laughs) as it was before it's exactly how you remember it uh the only thing that's different is now schadenfreude the show uh, yeah yeah. he doesn't like walk out and be like uh you know i'm chris hansen from dateline nbc now he He just says like what are you doing here and, and and then, you know, the same thing ensues. They talk for way too long, and then he sends him out to the cops, and then he gets arrested. What I wanted to talk about, They're though, still is...
2: still doing that? Because that seems so illegal. It seems
1: kind of illegal, yeah. That's the thing, is it's I like... mean, it
2: is, right? Like, they had to, like, let all those people go, because, like, they didn't have him on anything. How did that happen? Know. I don't know. Yeah, I read. I've I've read about that, and the thing about to catch a predator is none of those people were arrested.
0: Mm -hmm. Like they, Uh, those like fake cops or something. No,
2: they're real cops, but like they can't charge pedophiles. Yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) they're not. I'm not defending the pedophiles, but they technically didn't break any laws. Uh So there's you can't like, it is literally entrapment, so they can't charge them with anything. Right. (laughs) So it's like. They're not catching them. It's like they're just embarrassing them, and they're not yeah. like We're, getting it's a them weird, help. Like,
1: public shaming thing that like I wonder. This this is maybe like something to explore another time. But, <laughs> but I wonder like if us growing up with to catch a predator mm-hmm. has any influence on our generation's tendency towards cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> like I wonder if oh my that's God. why we're all obsessed with like bringing people to justice C- in that way.
2: C- Chris Hansen is the first tweet Decker. <laughs> 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 oh, um,
1: but then the other thing you that are I watched canceled, this week, sis. other thing I watched this week, uh, Baker Four, baby. What's that? Uh, the fourth vi- or I mean, it's actually probably like the sixth or seventh, but it's uh, the team video from Baker Skateboards. Oh, cool. Uh, it is like 10 years in the making or something like that. Uh, really good. Really worth watching. If you're into skate videos, if you're not into skate videos, don't watch it, <laughs> but it's cool. It's, it's not special. Like-
2: I mean, it's like. Is, mm-hmm. it, is, it, is it, like, really well filmed? It's something? not
1: special enough that if you're outside of skateboarding, like, you'd be interested in it it's at not, all. It's not, yeah, right. But it's good enough that, like, if you're into skateboarding, for sure mm-hmm. check it out. But I, th- I don't think I need to tell anybody that. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Every, so everyone who's into skateboarding. Anyone who's
1: into skateboarding is, like, already, like, really stoked on just baker seeing farm. more Baker stuff. But what's interesting about it is, first of all, that, like, I mean, the style of filming it is like really evolved in a major way that I feel like we should explore at some point. I want to show you a Baker video because they used to have this very distinctive style to them where the main guy who films them is this guy called Beagle, who uh, has this like really weird sort of like, I mean, this like affinity for, for, um, uh, for like analog filming. Like he only films on like actual tape, tape. on like this shitty old camera. Uh, He even like rebuilt it after it became outdated like he like had it custom made so that he could keep filming on the same type of camera but like have newer components for it that's awesome um and so he had this very distinctive style and this is the first one where he's kind of departed from it and i think it actually like pays off in a major way like i think it looks better than anything they've ever done before um there's a lot more like sweeping shots, which is not really something that you expect from a Baker video. Yeah, it's really good, but there's also, like, a weird... I don't know if you've ever watched any skate videos before.
2: I've watched a lot of skate videos. Not really, yeah.
1: Um, there's, like, a weird, like, like time capsule feeling to them when you, like, follow a brand or a team for, like, long enough. Sure. Where, like, you know, growing up, I saw, like, the Baker bootleg and the Baker 2G and, like, all these, like, old Baker videos, and now it's, like, the same guys are still there, <laughs> but now it's, like, I don't know, 20 years yeah, down the like line 40 and they're or 50 all years like old. older and stuff. And it's like, just like really intense and weird to see them and be like, man, this is probably the last part I'll see from this guy. Wow. Holy shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's sad.
1: Yeah. Anyways, check out Baker Four. you can watch it on the Thrasher website. Hell awesome.
2: Yeah. Chris, did you watch anything?
1: Uh, I think the only big things I watched are the same as you, the, uh, Twin Peaks. Video. <laughs> I know that. But well, for-
2: the
0: audience doesn't know that <laughs> I watched the Twin Peaks video and I watched the Peter Strickland double feature. uh, yeah, I don't think I watched anything uh, on my own. Anything separate. And All the right, outsiders. Well. Damn. <laughs> we watch a lot of media. Good together. job That's having a say. life. What did yeah. you watch <laughs> that I didn't watch?
2: Uh I don't know. damn. <laughs>
1: damn. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, hey, listen, this is
2: my show.
1: <laughs> Silence!
2: <laughs> All right. Oh shit. So now we're gonna move on to movie news. Movie news. <laughs> 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 So,
1: uh, movie news is absolutely not going to be like real movie (laughs) news at all. I was like worried when we talked about doing movie news initially. I was like, well, I certainly don't want to do some shit where we're just like, so Scarlett Johansson's going to be in this movie.
2: No, who gives a shit about that? We're
1: talking about. What is the movie Twitter bullshit of the week?
2: <laughs> right, exactly.
1: What is the ridiculous bullshit everyone's been entirely too mad about this week?
2: Yeah, and we're going to tell you how not mad we are. Yeah, I'm not mad
1: at all. <laughs>
2: um, we're actually
1: laughing. I'm actually laughing.
2: I can't even get the sentence uh, out because I'm, I'm laughing so much. Yeah, <laughs> i <laughing>. That's
1: cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the first story, this is from Forbes. They, they tweeted out, DC Films doesn't know what to do with Superman. The studio reportedly is unsure how to make the character, quote, relevant to modern audiences. <laughs> (laughs) And everybody really went to town on this. Yes. (laughs) Like, I was surprised how much everybody seemed to give a shit about the superman ip like i don't understand that at all yeah. i i feel like we all have been on the same page for a pretty long time now that superman sucks shit superman nobody blows. cares about superman
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah superman is like if you are studying art history and you go back to like a really primitive painting style or something and it's like well back then they didn't know about perspective so they just yeah. painted everything flat and weird <laughs> it's like it's, back in the 30s they were like what if a man was super and he could fly <laughs> around and he was really buff and cool
2: yeah, um, they didn't know how to make. 1938. What if a guy could jump real high? <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't even fly at first. You could
0: just jump like an eighth of a mile or something.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's already stupid enough that it's like, that the thing that they say is like, it's a bird. It's a plane. You're like, you said bird first?
2: (laughs) What's wrong with you? Is it a bird? Bird? (laughs) Hey guys, look it's a fucking bird. And also, who's pointing
1: out planes in this guy? That's not interesting either. You see him all the time. Maybe in the 30s it was still new technology. They
0: didn't have birds or planes back then. (laughs) The right brothers had just invented the bird. It's a newfangled bird. (laughs) Flying across the sky.
2: Yeah, birds aren't real apparently. I don't know. There's yeah. something about that. Anyway, so yeah, what were people's takes cuz the only real take I saw that I thought was kind of cool mm-hmm. where I was like, "Oh yeah, that could be a good Superman movie." Is that someone was like, "Oh yeah, there's nothing relatable about an alien who comes to America and believes in the American dream and Mm -hmm. is like fighting billionaires and cops who don't want him there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I, yeah, sure. But but that's basically just doing red sun, but good. Right. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of like, You could make a leftist power fantasy (laughs) where it's just like, hey, Trump, (laughs) I mean, or whatever, the cops, like, I'm just going to fucking kill all of you. But obviously no one's going to make that movie. Like, it's not a real thing that could ever happen or should happen. (laughs) Because why would you want, like, a movie made by Marvel to be, like, a socialist movie that makes a billion dollars? Like,
0: I don't know. I guess it could be interesting. but Or it could just be the liberal version of that where it's like, Superman is just there with the FBI. It like could only Service, ever be that. To, like, arrest Trump when he gets impeached. <laughs> like, you're out of here, mister. You've been, the rule of law says you're not president
1: anymore, so come with me. And, that's and he just, he like, lobs powers. him into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> um, I My favorite take of, of the whole cycle is from uh, James O'Malley, uh, freelance journalist for Hire, politics, uh, tech, and data for Gizmodo, Says, this, ca-
2: this guy doesn't know anything about data.
1: <laughs> <laughs> says, Lex Luthor realizes he can't physically outmatch Superman, so instead uses a disinformation campaign to destroy not just Superman's reputation, but the idea of Superman.
2: That sucks my ass. The
1: twist is that it isn't Superman that can beat Luthor. It's journalist Clark Kent. <laughs> no. Suck oh my, my fucking ass. I hate what? journalists <laughs> n- so much. There's no class of people that have a more inflated <laughs> sense of self-purpose than journalists, especially oh, yeah. media journalists.
2: <laughs> <laughs> fucking newsroom ass motherfucker.
1: Unbelievable how highly this guy thinks of himself yeah. for being a
2: journalist. This is how deeply... And it's funny, you know, because I think, personally, like, I think media is important, and I think that propaganda is incredibly useful. Useful. and like if it wasn't useful, America, every country wouldn't spend a billion dollars like manufacturing consent mm-hmm. of their citizens. Like I do think it's important, but like one journalist, <laughs> like what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, as like Clark- that's not how it works.
0: But he's, he's got super brain and super journalism skills. He doesn't.
2: Superman is not super smart.
0: He that's not, he's not any, super smart in like some random. Comics. He's a good guy.
2: Yeah, he's he's very. He's very moral. Mm-hmm. He has a very good sense of justice, but he doesn't have a sense of fucking puzzles. <laughs> or whatever, Superman like... Superman
1: doing Sudoku.
2: Yeah. Solving <laughs> a Rubik's Cube fast. at the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, that's not his power. That's so, someone else.
1: Chris, what would you do with this? Like, somebody comes to you and they say, like, I'm sorry, but if you don't reboot Superman in a good way, we're going to have to execute you. <laughs> Interesting. So you have to do it. You've no choice. <laughs> uh,
0: I think if I, an interesting Superman movie would be like a, a movie that takes place like, because Superman's immortal, right? Like he's, he lives yeah. forever. Functionally, yeah, except like, for Kryptonite,
1: right? That's the only yeah, thing of yeah. him.
0: But he doesn't age. I think it'd be interesting if there was a movie I that guess was he like, I does, but. in the, took, took place in like the 22nd century uh-huh. and it was someone trying to like write a historical like piece on Superman and then like 21st or 20th century and was like grappling with how much like superman literally is a great man of history even and then but even with that fact like uncovering how much stuff was like inflated or like exaggerated of like superman's influence (laughs) yeah like (laughs) have uh, you
1: ever seen um beatles 3000 no there's you got to look it up after we're done with this there's a sketch called beatles 3000 and the bit is that it's the year 3000 and it's like a historical like made for tv documentary about The cultural influence of the Beatles. Oh, nice. But they're just like so dead wrong about everything (laughs) about them. And they're like looking back at like decayed pictures of them, and they're like, and here we see the Beatles. John Lennon, uh, Peter Frampton, Scotty (laughs) Pippen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds incredible. It's a great sketch. Uh, Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think like exploring anything of value with is like politically is the only thing you can really do with Superman because he's been used as like almost a sort of fascist symbol for so long that Mm -hmm. it's like you can only really swing in the other direction. Like Mm -hmm. he's kind of always been like. I am America. So it's like, you can really only make political commentaries with Superman because he is what we are, which is an incredibly OP state Mm -hmm, that is like, mm -hmm. no one can come at and whatever he wants to do is what's going to happen. Yeah, So it's like, you have to make a political statement, and if you don't, then it's going to be fucking Batman versus Superman, and no one's going to give a shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, or just, like, dumb shit where he's, like, fighting an alien or something. Right, I mean, exactly. You can do that, but then it's just, like, that's been done a million times. And he just yeah.
2: destroys all of this metropolis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or
0: he's, like, fighting someone on the moon, and, like, no one really cares. Then it just becomes, like, a boxing right. match, basically.
2: Yeah. But you have to, you know, you have to treat him like Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. in in fucking 2020 like you can't be like he's just a real powerful guy and that doesn't have any implications (laughs) on the world (laughs) um yeah (laughs) so next thing that everyone got mad about are really not everyone (laughs) just this one guy apparently
1: (laughs) well this guy got mad about it and then everybody else got mad in the opposite direction at him yeah
2: yeah this so jar jar abrams um A parody account. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: wait, are we sure this is actionable? I don't know if we can say anything about his tweet if it's parody. Yeah,
2: no, it's not allowed. So, hashtag the Mandalorian. Nobody knows how to shoot in the village except for one person. You guessed it. A woman. No explanation. It's just like that. (laughs) Hashtag the force is female. So, this guy, I I tweeted at him. Mm -hmm. Did you see that I tweeted? I did not know. I tweeted at him. I said, honest question. Not trying to imply anything. What is your account a parody of? (laughs) And he said, he said, a parody of JJ Abrams. And I said, okay, I'm just making sure that your tweets are your real opinions. (laughs) And he said, they are. (laughs) So, as far as I know, this guy just like posts a bunch of like reactionary MRA type shit. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, and that's the bit. He just wants to have, I think he's like, wants to have that at. And I think, is just concerned that they're going to shut him down because people are going to think he's J.J. Abrams. It's not really a parody of anything. Uh That's just his ad. Mm -hmm.
1: I wonder sometimes if these, like, Gamergate, Star Wars, MRA-type guys, like, what would you even call that? Like, Star Star Wars, like, movie-gate? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's like Gamergate, but for movies. It's the same dudes. Whatever. It's the same guys, yeah.
2: Feminist-gate. Yeah, basically.
1: I do wonder sometimes if they're, like, the opposite side of the coin of, like, some people we know... Where it's just like, you're part of the take economy now, and like totally. no mm-hmm. matter what, you've got to have a take on everything. And so like <laughs> the Mandalorian, you gotta be mad about something. <laughs> and so like we had Anita Sarkeesian was really mad about the, the first episode not having that much uh female representation. There was only the um the Mandalorian high priestess or whatever yeah, yeah. who, who gives maker. him the special armor piece. Which looking back on it now. I kind of think it's stupid, <laughs> what like her take or the armor piece no, the armor piece okay thing. <laughs> everything in Star Wars is stupid, no, and I also think that Anita's take is probably pretty stupid too. I think that like just having a take on Star Wars in general is a very embarrassing thing to do. I
2: think having a take about how many women are in something is fucking insane mm-hmm. yeah, it's really embarrassing. It's like <laughs> what do you want like what 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 is your what is your stance yeah Yeah, do you want all 50-50 women is that how it's like 50-50 like gender parody for everything like are you saying that like there's nothing to criticize about once upon a time in Hollywood because there was exactly as many women as there were men like true no I'm just saying like what There were a couple. of were like okay. pulling a fact. I think there was more women actually because there's a ton of them. Yeah, there's oh, a yeah. ton. On the All compound. the Manson girls. Yeah, are, That's true. but yeah. it's like that movie sucks for so many reasons and yeah. it's clearly like reactionary and misogynistic, which we'll get to one day if if you <laughs> if you yell at me on Twitter about this take. But <laughs> but I think like obviously like just representation doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like who gives a shit?
1: But then on the other end of the spectrum, I think that this take is also really stupid.
2: Oh, I of think course. Being
1: mad that. Like you're looking for shit to be mad about in representation because you're mad at the Anita take. Essentially, you're saying like, yeah. I don't think that it's necessary for there to be uh, equal, you know, representation between <laughs> men and women in in movies. So I'm mad that there's any representation <laughs> of women. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. I'm pissed that a woman shot a gun. <laughs> 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 Unfucking believable. Yeah. That that's like.
2: I mean, this is even more insane because it's the same logic, except misogynist. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like. At least with Anita Sarkeesian, I think her heart's in the right place mm-hmm. in terms of like she wants, she's some white feminist, like I yeah. think she. she's like, also
1: she, like a, she's a holdover of like a bygone era now. Definitely. Like, she is definitely like a, like a remnant of like, we're not in the Gamergate society anymore. No. <laughs> like we're in a different one, What she was a reaction to. Is already so far from like front of mind that like she herself seems like
0: like a relic. She's dated a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like if uh, it's like if somebody was like still mad about like Iran Contra. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just like yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not what we're talking about anymore. Right. Sure. You know, there's definitely still a lot to talk about. There's times there. you should bring it up. There's times yeah. to bring it up. There's a lot still to talk about. But, like, we got a lot more pressing stuff going
2: on. right? Well, I, I think it's also, like, I think what people assumed at the time was that Anita Sarkeesian was making reasonable points that, like, women are only ever seen in this type of con context of like sexualized objects Mm -hmm. and we should not have that and that was basically her only point yeah (laughs) back then it was Mm -hmm. like it'd be nice if women had agency and stuff but like and i think she was right i mean she was absolutely right and i think what she did was
1: really like important for pushing gaming in a really good direction and i think right and the 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 reaction against her was Ridiculous and but, terrible, and insane. also proves and, uh, proves all of her point, and one hundred percent led us to where we are today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, all of those people, like definitely, like I mean, you can draw a through line from like Richard Spencer for, to like mm-hmm. to yeah. Richard Spencer from that stuff. yes yeah. like, the
0: first time I heard of Milo was because of Gamergate, because he he absolutely capitalized on it. Yes, to, like, exactly. Yeah, pushes so, way in through the game. But zone. I think
2: the problem is is that now you have things like Captain Marvel which is like CIA propaganda, like Air Force (laughs) approved bullshit. Like it's obviously been so co-opted, easily co-opted by imperialism and capital. Uh And Anidia Sarkeesian is just going, that's what I wanted. Like no more criticism because she didn't ever have like a political stance. It was just like, it seems like women shouldn't be treated like rape objects. (laughs) And like everyone is like, okay, we'll do that. And then she was like, cool thanks but But it's like on
1: her you know to to say like she needed a political perspective like she was sort of like a spark that could have ignited a like broader movement of of analysis for for this type of media like I think the most valuable thing Anita did was like when people at that time were saying like games are art and you know like this is an art form that people are making and it needs to be respected as such like she was the one who's saying like okay if it's an art form, then it needs to be analyzed like art. right? You know, like, every other art form goes through feminist critique, like, games do too. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was a very, very reasonable it was a valid thing and reasonable to do. Thing.
1: But the problem was that, like, it really didn't feel like people grabbed the ball and ran with it in the way that they could have back then. And, like, there is definitely a lot of cool, like, analysis of gaming happening now, but right. it didn't happen at the broad level that it needed to at that point. It felt kind of like a little bit like she got hung out to dry when she came out and then everybody went after her and then it was like alright well we've got Gamergate now and uh, us on the left are just gonna be kinda
0: <laughs> looking
1: yeah. at it yeah, <laughs> being like, like that sucks huh
0: Yeah, yeah cause like gaming journalism as a whole is like basically just like product reviews mm-hmm. like the like anything in the tech sphere it's just basically like people who are fans of tech or video games who like go to conventions and are like this game's fun or not fun like anything that's actually like art criticism of it is basically just stuff like h bomber guy or something Mm -hmm. on youtube there's really not much of like a mainstream as far as i can tell
2: like well it's it's funny because like i mean not to go down a complete rabbit hole but like Mm -hmm. you know games like the IGN reviews are still as shitty as they were. Yeah. Like it's still clearly just like a bought and paid for like system where it's like you get a ten because you're yeah. a AAA game. It's,
0: ba- it's like a it's like an
2: advertorial, and it's always shocking. Like yeah. like Donkey gave like Death Stranding a one or something. Uh-huh. Like video game Donkey is a famous YouTuber has like million subscribers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And he was just like this game sucks ass actually. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's not good, and these are pretty good reasons why it's not good. And like it, I feel like. If that happened 10 years ago, people would have just stopped watching him. Like, he would have been canceled by gamers. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, like, now, because of this conversation about, like, what is criticism of games, you can have H-Bomber Guy having a... Even, like, Lindsay Ellis. It's not just games, you know, move any, like, popular movie or media or whatever. You can have, like, independent people be like, no, this actually sucks. Don't play it. Mm -hmm. And it will, like, deeply, like, hurt Big company's bottom line, yeah, um, which is I think how movies have had been working, but games were such a new thing that like hadn't really like gotten there,
1: yeah, and it's weird. what's weird is that it it wasn't particularly new, necessarily gaming. it was just like. It took so long to get there because Mm -hmm. for so long, like gaming journalism, I guess, had been bogged down in this idea of the only people coming here are people who are already gamers. You know, the only people who are reading this stuff are people who already are like they, they already own the system. They're looking for a game, you know, like so it's there's no analysis happening past an announcement you know that's right. as far Pretty as the much. analysis goes yeah, yeah. maybe some like sort of because like when i was a
0: kid i had game informer which i think everyone who like was a GameStop member or something you just like got it yeah as, uh-huh. with, with your membership And it, they would occasionally have just like stuff that was a little bit like an essay maybe like not really like deep criticism or analysis just kind of like what's this game about or what what was this game about
1: like mm-hmm.
0: i don't know it's like it was just sort of like a thing if you were already if you like you said if you already owned video game systems and were like what are some old games i might like or what are like like interviews with creators like it had stuff like that but never really anything you would call like criticism Mm -hmm.
2: no never but i think so i guess all this to say that (laughs) i think that the conversation has now become so polarized because you're either talking about whether the movie's good or bad or you're on some weird divide of like liberal identity politics (laughs) and it's like Anybody who has an opinion about that needs to probably stop talking about it at yeah. this point cuz it's just like it doesn't matter. We understand now that it is good to have representation when it happens, but like if you want to make a movie with all guys, it's not like it's going to be a bad movie. Yeah. Like and the, and like Anita Sarkeesian was never saying that. Right. Like none of those people were saying like we doesn't mean you can't always do this. It's just when you make movies about women, you should make movies that are respectful <laughs> and like have not these horrible you know sexualized things mm-hmm.
1: yeah. um and i uh, think it's it's like peak not even liberal because it's just like peak identity politics on both ends of the spectrum to be having this like action reaction fight over like there's not enough women in the mandalorian versus yeah. a woman shot a gun in the mandalorian meanwhile disney the biggest corporation <laughs> in media purchasing star, star wars in order to make this i know yeah, as they just like hoover up You know, property after property after property, and we're here arguing about like what women are doing in the fucking (laughs) TV show they make.
0: It's very dystopian. It's like, you're so clearly like part a pawn, like a tiny pawn in a giant scheme of like bickering over the like
2: content. When like Disney and Amazon have a merger and there's only like one company. Yeah, (laughs)
0: It's like, and it's like, Jeff Bezos better hire a woman for his board. Yeah. Amazon, Disney.
2: Yeah, because it only ever leads to that kind of dumb like Raytheon needs more women CEOs bullshit. It's like Shut up. You can't Who can shut up? Fucking <laughs> c- <laughs> cutting that. Out. No. You won't. All right. You can just censor c- Anyway, because that was, yeah, that right. was, that well, was the
1: dumb movie news. Yeah, that's that's our, that's that, uh, the, the, you know, Generation Loss, a podcast about ethics and gaming journalism.
2: <laughs> and TV show journalism. And TV show journalism. Right. Um,
1: um, and- okay, so let's talk about The Motherfucking Outsiders.
2: Outsiders. Uh,
1: a movie from 1980-something. Okay. Did we look it up? When is it from? 83, oh, no. I think. Yeah, okay, so The Outsiders, a movie from 1983.
2: Directed by Fran Cop.
1: Directed by Frank (laughs) Hopp, starring every actor who's ever lived.
2: (laughs) Uh, A tiger beat who's who.
1: (laughs) Unbelievable, the cast that they got together for this. And this is like the beginning of all of their careers. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Wild.
1: I mean, Swayze is basically the only known property in it. I think Dylan had been in like one or two things before this.
2: It's uh, Matt Dylan, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez, and Tom Cruise, and Leif Garrett. I forgot Leaf Garrett. Yeah, Garrett's, Leif Garrett's
0: in it, and also Nicholas Cage is an uncredited cameo, and, and Flea. Flea. <laughs> yeah, Flea's in it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, also Tom Waits. Yeah, oh, yeah Tom, Tom is Waits in it a little is the bit.
1: bartender or whatever. Um, yeah, and then the guy who plays Pony Boy is kind of like weirdly enough, like the one who like doesn't go very far it's strange, after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah C. He, Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Howell. Huh. Yeah.
2: Ponyboy is the main character of this film. Yeah. Uh, also, Diane Lane. Diane is in Lane. It. Yeah. She's as a little kid.
1: So I think this one, like high level synopsis of the story, is, is, it. is it's uh, it takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it's uh, a story about Ponyboy and his gang of pals. Uh, they're greasers in a, in a they're working class greasers in a town of uh, wealthy socias, right? That's what they call them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, they're preppies. It's essentially like. It's essentially, greasers versus preps,
2: the goths versus the jocks, yeah, goths yeah. versus
1: jocks. Uh, sort of classic tale, and they like go through some shit about like kind of the dynamics in the town and, and how they're always fighting each other and whatever. And then at some point, there's a scuffle, and Pony Boy and his boy Johnny uh stab a soche and murder him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they get attacked,
1: they get attacked. There's a scuffle, they, they get attacked, they stab him. Uh, and then they have to flee and they're gone for a while and then they come back. Um, and that's kind of, ma- that's basically the story is like, uh, it's like a
0: movie with like three beats. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. three, uh, three segments. Yeah. We
1: establish the town. Uh, they do a murder. They have to go on the run. Then mm-hmm. an accident happens and they have to come back. And then the end of it is, is, uh, Johnny dies and everybody has to reckon with what that means for them, I guess.
2: Yep. Right. Yeah that's about it that's about it so yeah. i hadn't seen this movie yeah before.
1: so what did you let's and high level what did you think of it
2: high level what did i think about it having never read the book never seen this movie before mm-hmm. watching the original cut mm-hmm. which has a score that sounds like lassie <laughs> yeah um i thought it was cute i mm-hmm. think i think my my feeling of it was that it was a little bit Hallmarky, like movie of the week kind mm. of like... You compared it to a Christian kids movie at some point. That's right. There's this like old like um focus on the family movies that I used to watch when I was... I, I, for people who haven't heard the one episode of Ballin' Out Super that I'm on, <laughs> um, I was homeschooled my whole life. I grew up Christian. So yeah, I didn't have to read this in school because I didn't have school. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, it was um kind of cloying in certain places. Yeah, It's a little bit on the nose but it's not bad It there's a lot of good acting in it mm-hmm. um from kids a lot of the kids are really good some really bad acting but it's a big range yeah it's, yeah. it's strange how much yeah. of a swing there is in this movie but the score really ruined it for me in a lot of places blows. it's blows. so awful it's really really um, bad there's some really funny like accidentally funny stuff in this movie um like when there's like a dream sequence where he remembers his parents are dying and there's like <laughs> it's like they're superimposed in the sky, like their faces like James and the giant peach. (laughs) And then all of a sudden their car just gets like fucking hit by a train. It's like a smash cut, um, (laughs)
0: smash cut. And then this weird warping, like Dutch angle, like the angle turns and like train gets in a different
2: movie. It it almost feels like a David Lynch scene, (laughs) like
0: a nightmarish, absurd scene.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I think it would make you laugh in a David Lynch movie, too. Um,
0: Yeah, like, laugh and also be
2: horrified. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? But um, there's some kind of unintentionally funny stuff like that. I remember there's a part where... um uh, Emilio Estevez is like, hey, shut up about your family, like not, mm-hmm. not, not wanting you or whatever. And, and Ponyboy goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just got a little mad. <laughs> 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 and I was like, are these supposed to be gang members? Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, It's a very interesting, because op- I hadn't seen it either. And I feel like the first 20 minutes or so has some of the worst parts of the movie, like the worst filmmaking, uh-huh. the, the goofiest stuff. So I was, it was starting off. I was like, is this movie just going to be awful? Like this is, hilariously bad in parts and there's like a lot of really weird stilted dialogue and then it kind of like hits its stride and becomes not a great movie but like a
1: solidly watchable movie yeah with
0: like a decent message and some really good acting
1: so interesting fact about it that I learned is uh, that it was actually filmed entirely in order. What? Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they filmed it shot no for shot way. in Insane. order as it goes. Why? Just because they didn't want to confuse the kids or I'm just I'm not what sure. They did? I'm not totally clear on why they did it, but they chose to do it that way. And I think that kind of explains a little bit, like, why it picks up steam as it oh, goes. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> um, that they were that's just figuring crazy. out, like. Yeah, they're figuring out what the movie it. is, how it's going to go. The kids huh. are getting more into their roles. That's strange. Um,. That's interesting, and then also I think that the book was, I mean, kind of written, I mean, in the same sort of way. Like I think that she Essie Hinton, which I don't know if you guys read much about her either. Mm -hmm. Not really. Uh, Rumblefish Lady wrote the book. Wrote it when she was sixteen. Oh, okay. Um, So she wrote this about. She's from Tulsa. She grew up in like a in like a working class. I mean, I guess at the time it would have been a greaser town yeah. and wrote this about like her friends and the people that she knew. Yeah. Like so it's literally like a- the inciting incident of the story is something that happened in real life. Like she knew somebody who like stabbed a rich kid and then had to like disappear. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I did read the book, but in
0: middle school. So I barely remembered it. Like as mm-hmm. I was watching the movie, I was like, I did not remember they killed someone or like had to skip town. Yeah. I just kind of remembered like the characters and the general vibe.
1: Um, so I think kind of one of the things that I really wanted to talk about in this Mm-hmm. Is I think The Outsiders is one of the best movies that you could show a kid to teach them about class.
2: Sure, yeah. You know, you had told me um, before I watched it that mm-hmm. like the author had said something about class consciousness. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so I was I was sort of going into it being like, all right, what is this going to say? And there is really only one scene that really to me addresses it. Um, I guess two. But when the the one Soch is like, you guys are heroes now because you saved all these kids from a church mm-hmm. and I don't really want to do this. Like, <laughs> I don't think you seem like a good person. Um, but, you know we're not allowed to be friends or whatever like he right. has like this weird mm-hmm. talk with with pony yeah. boy you mean the scene where they're like talking in his car or like outside the dairy queen yes yeah it's and also that kind of feels like there's this weird because they're like upper middle class or whatever but right. i mm-hmm. think like that guy kind of understands that like you know they're the rich kids but it's like they're all the same kind of people it's like he almost has like this weird sense of like solidarity where it's like right. we could just be chill about it but like we're not allowed <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And Yeah so, and he also
0: I think says in that scene like even if you kick our asses you'll still be greasers like you'll still yeah, be poor which is pretty interesting.
1: It's right. it's like this sort of like inevitability of class and there's like another scene that I, I wrote down where I think it's the first time that Ponyboy is talking to Cherry uh, who is a so sh girl. Diane Lane right? With. Diane Lane I think yeah. Uh, And he's chatting with her, and she says something about, like, you know, on the north side, like, things aren't so great also. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, like, plays to this idea of... Working class people and middle class people kind of being pitted against one another by the ruling class, right. because ultimately all of these people live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I <was> you like, <laughs> know, like at the end of the day, this is a story that takes place in Tulsa. There is no Jeff Bezos in Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's one thing that I wish. Well, I'm sure there's the- some like asshole oil baron who like owns everything sure, or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the impression I get from the Greasers and the Sochas is that the Sochas own the stores, yeah, and right. the Greasers work in them. Like mm-hmm. what I get the impression is that like these are like business owners who are affluent enough to buy their kid a car yep. and that's yeah. as far as that wealth goes and the greasers you know are yeah.
0: like they're they have poor, nicer and, clothes but it's like I'm sure they're like $10 like polo shirts or something. Yeah, It's not
2: like it's super like a leather jacket maybe. is not cheap.
1: Also. Yeah, yeah. They're, <laughs> the, true, yeah.
2: they're the kids of like small business tyrants mm-hmm. like they're not or like these cops
1: or like politicians. They're maybe, not like something.
2: Rothschilds.
1: Yeah, sure. And so I think that there's, like, there's an interesting dynamic at play where we're talking about, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the best way to phrase this, but I think essentially, like, you're talking about class role and class interests, mm-hmm. and that, I think, is demonstrated a lot in the dynamic between Cherry and Ponyboy, and I think you're also talking about, like, this kind of, like, myth of the middle middle class when you see that last scene where, right. you know, the social, like, kind of takes him aside.
0: Yeah, th- that's one of the things, that as I was watching the movie, as I wished it showed really anything of like the Soch side of town. Yeah. I feel like that Mm would have like slowed the movie down a lot. I don't remember if that's like in the book at all. I guess if the author is like grew up, was like a greaser, she probably didn't really know much about it. Yeah. That would have like made that element like hit home a lot more. If you like had some scenes of like cherry in her like day to day life, like saw what like the Soch home life is like, or like what their economic system like situation is from their point of view more because it's a very one-sided kind of movie
1: it is and and her role in this is kind of to demonstrate this idea of like i mean at least to me like i think that her her role is not to demonstrate like what it's like to be a soch but rather like that the middle class and business owners will never have the best interests of working people at heart right
2: yeah Because essentially
1: like her entire role in this movie is to constantly get pony boy to a point where he trusts her and then be like actually fuck off Right. You know, because she like
2: like, definitely is like, uh, if I don't say hi to you in school, like it's not personal. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: she's the the first time we see her is like at the drive in movie theater and she hangs out with Pony Boy all night and she's like, You're fucking cool, man. You're so smart. Like you rule. Why do you fucking hang out with these shithead greasers? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. These guys suck. You're the best. And then at the end of it all, she's saying goodnight and she says, you know, essentially, like if I see you at school and I don't say hi, like nothing personal, right? right? And then later, after the murder, when Ponyboy is on the run, we hear from Matt Dillon uh, that Cherry is willing to testify that her friend was drunk, and Ponyboy's like, "Hell fucking no, I don't believe that." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and rightfully so because when he comes back. She like throws it in his face again, essentially, right? Where she's like, I can't remember what the line is, but um, she offers to help in the case. But then when they get back to town, like she does, essentially say again, like you know, you fucking killed him, you know, Mm -hmm. like that can't go (laughs) unpunished.
0: yeah I think she says something along the lines of like you didn't know his other side he could be really sweet oh that's like, what it is yes yeah, yeah. yes yes and it's, yes. it's yeah it's so funny that she's like why you hang out with Matt Dillon he's an asshole and then she's like listen my friend who tried to murder you while drunk had a good side you just yeah, don't really yeah, know yeah, yeah, him yeah. so it's just like she doesn't like the greasers who are assholes she likes her
2: friends who are assholes fine
0: or right. enough to protect them against the other class she's the
2: Liz Warren of this movie <laughs> <laughs> like criticizing but like constantly caping for the fucking assholes who are just like mm-hmm. murdering people yeah yeah I mean I know that she lived
1: this life and she was basically just writing about stuff that really happened mm-hmm. but it's still not an easy thing to do to like express things in a way that like end up translating for a viewer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's interesting how successful she is at doing some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I noted like in the in the drive-in theater scene that like one of the first things we see is this like disparity between people coming in the front versus people coming under the gate, you know, right. like people in their cars versus people sitting in these little folding chairs that are there.
2: <laughs> that scene is pretty crazy. Cause it's like, I don't know if I believe that the 1960s were just a, s- a sexual assault machine. like mm. <laughs> like every time for the first, like anytime you see a woman on screen, she is being like almost choked, <laughs> like, <laughs> like all these little girls, like, what's her name cherry cherry, cherry yeah. i always want to say candy <laughs> cherry's <laughs> cherry like is jumping out of the car being like no not allowed don't touch me and then like immediately goes to mad dylan and he's like he's like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like doing the willem dafoe in a wild at Heart thing <laughs> <laughs> He's like whispering like that he's gonna rape her in her yeah. ear and she's like yeah. can you fuck off <laughs> stop, <dude. laughs> And johnny is like
0: dude chill out stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. his friends yeah, are just Pony like, and johnny are to are like will you
2: calm down and he's like I'm horny hey man, stop. And then it just like cuts to a scene where like, um, a different guy just is like grabbing someone. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> this is like this drive-in movie theater is just like, why are gr- women going to a place where all they do is get raped?
1: <laughs> um, but I think I think that scene kind of like speaks to something that I think transitions into like the next thing I want to talk about. But I think there's like, there's Matt Dillon, Ponyboy, and Johnny are there and, and Matt Dillon is harassing her and she, you know, keeps, you know, trying to like, uh, you know, push him away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves and she's like, Pony boy, like, why the fuck do you hang out with this guy? He sucks. You're way better than this. You know, you should stop hanging out with him. Right. And he essentially is just like, yeah, I mean, I know I'm better than that, but like, I don't have any place in your world. Is that <laughs> what he says? No, but I mean, that's essentially what he's expressing to right. her is like, I'm a greaser. Like, that's yeah. not going to change because I stop hanging out with these guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I have essentially two choices in this world, which are to either leave these people and just be isolated forever and probably still get my ass kicked by rich kids.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Or hang out with this guy and at least have somebody who has my fucking back. Right. You know? um,
2: and, you know, she's like, oh, this guy's an asshole, but, like, you should stop hanging out with them. But she doesn't stop hanging out with her weird assholes who, like, exactly. her boys yeah, yeah. are, like, Trying to, you know, sexually assault her or whatever, beat her up, or uh, murder her. other people who are also terrible. So
1: another thing that I think is kind of, like, at play in this movie that I didn't see as much analysis about uh, out there. Like, there's a lot of people who will, you know, watch this or read the book and talk about mm-hmm. class afterwards. It's very clearly sure, a pretty yeah. big theme of the movie. Uh, but another yeah. thing at play is, like, uh, like gender And like gender role, and like especially in the relationship between Ponyboy and Johnny, yeah, where like there is a very like tender. Sweetness to the way that they are with each other. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. and like he's like, I can't talk to anybody about poetry except for yeah,
1: I I can't talk about sunsets with my friends. I know.
2: Yeah, it's so sweet.
0: And they have to like literally like run away and be like in the middle of nowhere with no one around to like actually do it. Yeah, yeah, to just like
1: talk about poetry and look at the sunset and stuff. And I think it's weird because it kind of like talks to this like intersection between class and gender where yeah, like where, yeah a large part of why you know pony boy like feels isolated in his life is because he has to be a tough guy because right. he's poor and that's how you fucking survive, you yeah. know? Uh-huh. And there's all these scenes where like, you know, outside the drive in movie theater when they're like about to get into a fight and like Emilio Estevez fucking breaks a bottle and hands it to him <laughs> to stab somebody with. And like oh, yeah. you can see Pony Boy like reluctantly take it and like kind of hold it it's a like little a, weird. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, I don't know what I would do with
0: uh, it. Yeah, I think right after that, like, Emilio Estevez is like, I don't know why I handed you a bottle. You wouldn't have used that. And Pony yeah. Boy's like, Yeah, you're right. Maybe I would have. I don't know <laughs> we just had to do that
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean there's like a weird um like look into that idea of like hiding your your tender side around your uh-huh. your boys <laughs> yeah i thought that was a, one of, a really interesting and like uh added a lot of depth
0: to matt dylan's character there's a scene near the end where he's driving them mm-hmm. and he's saying to johnny like i don't want you to go to jail jail like fucking makes you really tough oh what yeah to me I, don't, I want you to stay a nice kid it's, yeah. like this weird like because matt dylan is like a shitty person in this movie yeah the first awful. thing you see of him is him like trying to rape someone basically right. like he's not really likable but you do eventually feel bad for him because you understand how he like probably used to be a nice kid like johnny or maybe mm-hmm. like maybe not that like sweet and like naive but like he clearly like sees himself in this kid and he's only supposed to be like 22 or three or something he's yeah. only 19 he's supposed to be he's is he actually nineteen? the actor is 19 yeah, it's yeah insane. like yeah he's like a high school dropout, probably, or something like. Right. And he already has been like beaten down into
2: this like. You know, well, that's the thing we hassle. haven't really gotten into is that who's related? Because <laughs> it's like they uh, all the live family, in this weird house, yeah. where there's no parents. It's just all brothers,
1: and yeah, they their like family, their parents died in a train wreck. Um, right. The older brother is the oldest brother is uh, Swayze is mm-hmm. Swayze, and then the middle
2: brother is Rob Lowe. Right. Mm-hmm. And then also. Uh, isn't Tom Cruise related to? No, I think I Tom think Cruise and is... Emilio
1: Estevez are brothers, and mm, they're okay. from like next door or something. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. They all so it's this nearby. weird. If they live in this weird culture where there's only young boys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they just like all hang out with each other or live together, mm-hmm. um, and are roommates with each other, it's very strange. Emilio Estevez like comes
0: in visits. I think it's
2: like remember there's a scene where like he's oh talking yeah maybe about Estevez is.
1: is his brother. And Rob Lowe and Tom Cruise live next door. It's definitely
0: not clear. No, Rob Lowe and is Soda Pop, and he lives. It's Soda Pop and Pony Boy, and then whatever Swayze's name is, and they all live together. And then I think Emilio Estevez right. and maybe Tom Cruise like live. Oh yeah,
1: his name is like Two Bit or something yeah, like that. yeah, Two
0: Bit. And then I don't remember what Tom Cruise is. Tom Cruise is like barely in the movie. He He's just like pops so in. barely in it. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty it's unbelievable. Yeah,
1: and then suddenly, as if to be like, hey, we also have Tom Cruise. Like about halfway through the movie, they're like okay, he gets lines now. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. Like, has a
2: little
0: scene where he like eats chocolate cake or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah.
0: They just like show up with a Budweiser and a whole, a huge chocolate cake and are like watching cartoons at their house.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. It's strange that scene. part is, there's a lot of scenes in the original cut of this movie at the very least because we watched the other cut and the whole score is replaced. It's,
0: Oh, that's a funny thing to talk about.
2: Um, which is much better kind of it's better in some, it's
0: it's be- better, better in, overall Yeah, it's worse in some ways too or just as bad but
2: in the original cut there's a few scenes in this movie that just like don't go anywhere mm-hmm. like they it's like maybe that they were just trying to like do um like character development or something, but mm-hmm. they just seem completely pointless. And they like they're not talking about anything in their real life. It's just like let's watch Mickey Mouse cartoons. Goodman, <laughs> it's like why why did we have to see that? Yeah, I mean I don't know what they, I,
0: maybe the idea is that they don't have much of anything in their real life. Like as far as I know, they all work at like gas stations and like, yeah. shitty jobs if they have jobs. So they're just like dirt poor, have dead end jobs, have no education or like prospects. Yeah, just, they like, all drop out. Yeah, basically. Um,
1: like, yeah a couple of them talk about being dropouts Like it seems pretty clear that Ponyboy mm-hmm. is gonna Drop out at some point
0: probably yeah I think Roblo dropped out to like work full time to like Help support the family because that's also a Big plot line is that they don't want to get sent to like a Boy's home yes Because like he's not actually Like adopted by Patrick Swayze or anything They're just like all living there well, and
1: Patrick Swayze Probably isn't even like old enough Or like yeah, financially maybe. stable enough to Like pass that yeah, competency yeah, yeah, totally. test or Whatever so that's like another Theme that kind of comes throughout the movie is like these, like, kind of, like, institutions of justice that, like, utterly ruin lives. Yeah, yeah, right. That's the only way that this movie sees them.
2: And they're all... And it's all sort of in the background, mostly, Mm -hmm. where it's just, like, unseen. There's never any scene where, like, a judge is there or they really don't even talk to the... There's, like, two scenes where you see the cops and one of them is, like, Dally getting pulled over and the other one is him getting shot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, like... (laughs) there are sort of these faceless forces mm-hmm. that sort of but like definitely
0: like looming threat kind exactly, of exactly. They're, so they're all like of they're them.
2: all on the run they're they don't want to ever see them yeah. and if they ever like get even in contact with them they're going to be ripped apart as a family they're going to be mm-hmm. ripped apart um from their lives in in every way yeah if pony yeah.
1: boy comes in touch with the law he'll be ruined as a person right you know, like All of this, and that this is kind of why I was saying that, like, this is such a good movie to show to kids to teach them about, like, the realities of class, you know, is like to show because, like, this movie takes as a given that there is no value to systems of justice for working people outside of ruining your life,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, 100%. There's
1: like, there's no value to befriending wealthy people <laughs> because <laughs> they don't have your best interests at heart you know like there's a lot of stuff here that I think is like teachable for kids to show them like this is the world man and like mm-hmm. uh, you know let's just like before some teacher starts like whispering some bullshit in your ear in a civics class like let's just get you nice and red pill
2: <laughs> <laughs> right no I think that's definitely true I mean I think it's gra- I mean it's funny because this movie got made because like some teacher wrote on behalf of of her class to yeah. Francopp being like, You should make this movie. And he was like, Not, he would, did not expect to make a movie about, <laughs> according to him, teen angst. Yeah, um, uh, teens. <laughs> which I don't that, think that this movie the... is about teen angst. I mean, leave it to um,
0: Francopp to have no idea
2: what his movie is about. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the worst lauded directors of all time. Just uh, <laughs> but, um, and, I mean, he. this movie is serviceable. He does, like, a mm-hmm. pretty decent job, but has yeah. no idea what the tone of this movie should be. He doesn't know how to handle children actors ex- exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of flaws with his work on this movie. But they were like, please make this movie because it, like, is really helpful. And I wonder, like, it probably still would resonate with kids nowadays, but probably not white kids mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> as much, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't... Like, I'm assuming the book doesn't, like, mention that they're white or, like, you know. Uh,
1: I mean... I don't really know. I don't remember. I don't know that, like, greaser culture was, like, particularly... Like, sure. a black thing.
2: That's just a word, though, right? I mean, yeah. like, if you're reading the book and you're, like, a Hispanic kid, like... Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. mean like
1: like a kid of color could I'm you just really, saying, yeah, you could just, just
2: take the lessons and be like, like yeah, this I applies mean, to my isn't life. Isn't a thing anymore. So <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, whatever. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the movie squarely puts it in like poor whites, rich whites. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um yeah. which is interesting. Cause it's also you, interesting cuz it's
1: you know, we're watching this now obviously like it's, you know, a diff- totally different time than when it came out, but like we're watching it in 2019 the same year that uh there is the Watchmen tv show which also takes place in tulsa right which oh, interesting. is like heavily heavily talking about race mm-hmm. and like literally opens with the bombing of black wall street
2: which i haven't seen
1: the Watchmen show yeah i think when it's done you should watch all of it and then we'll talk about it we'll do it f- or something first season episode yeah okay um I happen to think it's very good. Okay. Uh, Fucking cancel me the rest of left podcasting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all canceled. It's fine.
1: But anyways, yeah, it's like, it's interesting to be watching Watchmen, which is like pretty much exclusively about race in Tulsa. Right. And then to watch this and be like... Man, so the only black person in this movie is the child in the burning church.
2: Yeah. Who, how did they get in there?
1: <laughs> how did they get in there? Unbelievable. Yeah, that's one of the things about this movie, too, is like why I'd say this is the best movie to show kids about class kids <laughs> children there's a lot of simplistic and dumb bullshit in it like yeah. you know the the church fire doesn't make any sense there's no reason for it to happen except to move the plot forward it's a deus ex machina just needed a way yeah. for johnny to get injured
0: <laughs> i mean maybe he like left a lit cigarette like that was set up at least where it was like carefully your smokes johnny but the yeah, whole thing uh-huh. of like why is there an elementary school
1: taking a field trip yes. to a broken <laughs> church so i would know <laughs> like if if it were me setting that up mm-hmm. i'd have them smoking a bunch right just keep showing them so which we already have we got yeah, plenty of Ponyboy smoking Pony Boy smokes a lot in this movie mm-hmm. uh, have him leaving them and Johnny being like hey careful with that you're gonna start a little fire and he's like oh I'm sorry I was just sad <laughs> you know like something <laughs> yeah. like that and yeah. then at some point they should have a field trip come in and the two of them have to hide
2: yeah you have and to They uh, watch yeah. the
1: kids come through and the teacher is like this is a very important church for our town you see <laughs> <laughs> just some sort of setup that just southern that's a risk and also that's a risk and then both of them come together in a way you didn't expect and yeah that'd be fun yeah that'd be a good you gotta yeah it's it's
2: absurd the way it happens yeah as as it
0: is you can practically feel just like all the kids and the teacher like actors gathering up and it's like all right so in this scene church is on fire and go and then, like clicking, <laughs> clicking and just like nobody is like has any sense of like what their character was doing and like five seconds before this happened like yeah. just they woke up and the church was on fire and they were all <laughs> inside for some reason screaming
2: <laughs> yeah it's really silly but I think I think it's also pretty simplistic in the just like it's important to know child mm-hmm. there are class differences but yeah and I think we'll talk about race differences and gender yeah. differences later. Yeah. yeah. It's, different movies. You know, yeah. There's other movies. There's other movies. <laughs> we don't need <laughs> but I, we got thing...
0: Ghostbusters from 2016. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's about all the different kinds of funny white women there
2: can be. And one black lady. And a black lady. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Um, And Jared from Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, yeah. But are the greasers supposed to be Italian?
1: Good question. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're called
2: greasers. And I mean, true, I know yeah. they're the gang members, but, and we always see greasers as, as, uh.
1: I mean, usually they are depicted as Italian, like, uh, the, the other. Johnny famous, Travolta. Yeah, I mean, John Travolta in, um, Greece. Welcome Back, Cotter, and in Greece. Um, and then, um, is he actually a greaser in Welcome Back, Cotter? He might not be.
2: Kind of seems like it. The greaser it.
1: thing might be over by then. Um, but also, uh, the Fawns. Arthur Fonzarelli. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. Big Italian dude. Although, actually, uh, canonically, he is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Just it like fucking rules. I Fonzarelli, love that. <laughs> like half Italian, half Jewish. Yeah, yep. no
2: one... Re- I, I guess it's funny because no one really talks about the sort of... Race issues with greasers Mm because that's all they always cast white people in movies, but according to Wikipedia at least, like it was particularly Italian and Hispanic Americans who were greasers. That makes sense. And yeah, and the word greaser was literally for Mexican and Italian laborers,
0: you know. That kind of reminds me of the way that like actual cowboys were often Hispanic, but then Mm -hmm. movie cowboys are just all white dudes, yeah, yeah. Like, so it's funny, it's
2: funny that they would cast, you know, because Johnny has brownish skin and, like, kind of looks, like, registers yeah, to me as Italian. Yeah, Macchio is
1: extremely Italian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob Macchio is quite possibly the most Italian person <laughs> that's ever been in America
2: <laughs> Yeah, he's very Italian. And, but he's the only one. I don't know. I is, Yeah, Dillon does is
1: pretty, just, like, white bread. Emilio Estevez is maybe some kind of...
2: I think some that whole family is some kind of like very white type? Hispanic. Yeah, because
1: they're right. Estevez is the original name, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sheen is Sheen the, like, the made-up one. Yeah. Right. Um, so
2: there, I think the thing is, is, that the book does have race elements. It's just mm. the movie sort of whitewashes it, sure, which yeah. is like unfortunate. I would love to see this movie get remade. Like that'd be cool. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, with,
1: like way more dark Italian people,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? Or just update it and make it about. Black kids, yeah, um, it could be exactly the same, like, Mm -hmm.
0: just like change the cultural references and stuff, so it's like about whatever.
1: Modern day poor black kids. Yeah, I wouldn't trust themselves. anybody to make this though. <laughs> yeah, Good gosh, God, no, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Don't remake. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> no one
1: who in who in Boots like,
2: Riley. Is, yeah, only Boots Riley. Boots Riley, Boots Riley remakes would actually, the yeah, Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, Boots Riley would do a job. It. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right.
1: And it takes place in. Uh, it, it it doesn't take place take place in Tulsa. Anymore.
2: It takes place in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think like the. What this movie is trying to say, what the book was trying to say, is good. And I I think it's a cute movie. That's the problem, though. I think it's that it's only cute. Uh (laughs) Like, there are some moving little parts. Like, even though I think it's a little cheesy nowadays to, like, have two kids, like, quoting poems to each other. It's like the 80s version of the 50s is, like, (laughs) pretty corny. And it's like, do you really like that? I mean, I don't know.
1: I think it... I think... it's well acted enough yeah. that like it sells it does feel like pony boy does have that committed to memory totally although his uh-huh. explanation of it is so stupid it's uh, yeah. like i never knew what it meant so i memorized
2: it. <laughs> 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 yeah it's um but but that scene even though i think it's kind of cheesy is cute and yeah. moving and uh-huh. like you know and also especially with the the, the updated score. If you're going to watch this movie, watch the director's cut. Yeah. Also, we're, we're saying score, that it's, because it's there's there's in the most emotional and intense scenes where the kids are doing really good acting, especially Ralph Macchio, there's like this weird lassie music all over it. Um, <laughs> and in the remake, there isn't. So, but like, there's some really beautiful scenes, especially where when Johnny is close to death, yeah. he talks about, he's like, I used to want to kill myself and now I'm realizing no way, it's way too soon. Like I'm yeah. a 16 years old and I'd never seen any other part of town or I've never seen anything outside of like our neighborhood. Right. And like there's mo- way more to the world and sort of like that stuff is great, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's good, but it's um
1: And I think the poem scene like really sets up the end very well. Right. Yeah. Like having that set up so you can have the payoff of him you know, telling Ponyboy to stay gold, like actually like now that like we're in 2019 and you've heard (laughs) stay gold. So goddamn many times, like you're just like so sick of that phrase, but like (laughs) hearing it in its original context, like I'm not ashamed to say, man, I fucking cried when I rewatched this.
0: (laughs) It's a
2: moving scene. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen
1: this so goddamn many times and I still cry when Johnny dies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't find, I think it was the fucking I kept getting distracted by the the music, the yeah, music. Yeah. But I was emotional, you know. It is a sweet scene, in there, and and mm-hmm. I think it's it's well, it's kind of well done. Yeah, I think that it's serviceable. It's nothing visually special, but the acting, especially, I just think it's he did a really good job. Yeah, Ralph as a Macchio, kid. really um, underrated actor. Yeah, definitely, especially as a child actor.
1: Yeah, um, that's something about this movie too. Is that everybody in it is a child actor who t- turns out being an adult actor? <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's so, so rare. So strange, <laughs> and w- good ones mostly. Yeah, huh? um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a serious and good movie that kind of fails on a lot of points, but when it succeeds, it's it it has good politics and it's and it's uh it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I think um, so. I recommend it to yeah. children. Yeah. So <laughs> so.
1: Okay, so two-part then. Would you recommend this for people who don't have children? Would you recommend it for people who do?
2: Okay. To children, yes. I, I think it's a cute movie that, like you said, I think is a good movie to show to kids about, you know, to, to learn about class consciousness and, like, inequality in general. Um, at least get them started. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think for a person who doesn't ha- have kids, is not a kid, um, I, w- I would say it's okay it's a it's a six out of ten i mean i know we're not writing scores but i feel like it's a slightly above average movie about kids from the 80s like it's it's nothing special to me like i have no nostalgia for it so it's like it's fine it's fine i I, but i would say if you really want to watch a decent movie about underclass kids sure but Mm -hmm. i wouldn't go i wouldn't say rush out and see it you know
1: right yeah
0: chris yeah i think like I basically agree. It's like a a six out of 10 or so. It's like a decent movie. It's interesting to watch. We're
2: not rating them. Okay, well then it's (laughs) just...
0: Recommend or don't recommend.
2: Uh, (laughs) We've decided. Okay, okay. (laughs) Those are the rules. No
0: numbers. I don't think I would recommend it just as a movie Mm -hmm. uh, on its own. I think it's interesting to watch if you're just curious about like the movie that birthed all the careers of all these actors because it mm-hmm. is kind of fun to be like, oh, look, Tom Cruise is in a movie, but just like doing one <laughs> scene. Yeah. Like it's a weird novelty because like you're if you are used to Tom Cruise at all, you're used to him being like a movie star and it's weird to see him be like the 10th, have that like... Yeah, most number to of be lines like fighting for screen time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Rob Lowe, who also gets like three lines, and like Patrick Swayze, who still only has like ten minutes in the movie. So if you're like interested in movie history, I guess, and you just like want to see what these guys were doing in this movie, like that part's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, um, I think yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I don't think I would recommend this if you don't have a kid. I'd say. Hang on to it until you do. Yeah. Sure, uh, yeah, and then if you're never gonna have a kid, then uh, sorry, you're never gonna watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> watch it with a nephew or niece, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Definitely think show
2: it you... to a random child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Just like bring a kid into your home, go outside and say, "Hey, kid, I have a movie to show you," and they'll say, "What kind of movie?" And you'll say, "Don't worry, you want to watch? <laughs> you should come in. There's it'll a be, lot it'll of be... shirtless boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it'll Hansen's be Chris hiding for... in your closet. And,
1: like, finally got him." <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh, shit, but no, they're I just
2: watching it, The Outsiders by <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola,
1: but yeah I think if you have if you have a kid, if you have multiple kids, I absolutely think you should show this to them to start a conversation about class consciousness and also about um masculinity. I think it's a really good movie to show to a child early on to to start a conversation about like where they fit into masculinity mm-hmm. uh, and if they do, mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah, it's okay. To 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 like sunsets, you know, <laughs> even if your fucking friends
2: don't. I did like that part about it the way it framed because I mean at first like I said at first like the the opening scene is like why is this movie treating women so horribly? Mm-hmm. But like I think by the end of the movie there's this sort of line in the sand of like whether you have a, you know, whether you have a lot of privilege class-wise or not mm-hmm. like there are people who treat women really badly and there's people who are you know even when they're kind of assholes to them tr- you know are friendly with them and like yeah. are good the good guy of the movie is like not doing that so i think it's interesting it's it's like the bad kids <laughs> are nice to their are, are you know are okay to their friends but shitty to everyone else um and then there's the nice kid who is like Nice to everybody. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and, and, it, and, 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 it's and the like way that, of class. Yeah, and the way that looks is is particular, you know, and there's just little small droplets of like, this is how you treat women, even if they're mean to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think it's nice. Yeah. I think it's a good yeah. way to start a conversation with your children or or nieces and nephews or whatever kids, kids are. Kids on the street. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Random kids on the street. Wait, on children. the subway, like elbow a kid and hand him your earbud and start yeah. playing the outside. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think uh, best line of the movie for sure is, despite the fact that, like, the rest of Johnny's letter is kind of, like, utter bullshit, right. I think there's a great line in it where he says, like, uh, like make sure that you show Dallas a sunset. I don't think he's ever seen one. That's
2: so sad because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like,
1: yeah, well, it's, like, extra sad, but it's also just, like, a really good way of, like, summarizing what it's like to be, like, a toxic dude versus, like... <laughs> Somebody who, like, stays gold, essentially. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like, actually feels things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. I think there's some really nice poetic stuff in the writing. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're an adult, maybe just read the book. I haven't read it, but yeah. I feel I have a You'll feel chew like,
1: through it in, like, two seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. a really it's short... I, I haven't showed. read
2: it, but... Um, yeah, so that's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. Had to travel a long way, but I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah thank you everyone for listening to generation loss we will be doing another movie and another episode yeah what are we next, watching next week, week? Um, i don't know we'll decide off <laughs> dictator. oh is that what i wrote we might be watching that
1: <laughs> it's either that or jackass too yeah <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned vote in the comments <laughs> no you don't vote you guys don't get any say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i agree with jeremy jeremy's right <laughs> he d- you don't get a say uh okay um this has been Bryn, yeah. and, and Jeremy. Yeah, and follow Chris us here.
1: on Twitter at genlosspod.
2: at right. Loss Pod at Kinematography at Jeremy Thunder. Yep, and um, at Good with no E. Yeah,
1: if you want to see my tweets, check them out. Yeah, don't worry about the E. You don't fucking need it. You don't need it. You need Whatever. It. Yeah, that's I know a... it's easier to find with the E. Fuck off.
2: <laughs> it's a very Jeffrey Epstein thing to do. Leave the E out. What, <laughs> what are you talking? about? Oh, I'll explain it to you later. Okay, All thanks. Right. <laughs> 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 All right, bye. And so the book is all about uh, the social kids, and you called them the greasers, right? Right, Social Class Warfare. Uh, Okay, Social Class Warfare, and you had a personal experience which led to the outsiders. Tell everybody about that.
1: Well, I grew up in a greaser neighborhood, and I was a tomboy. Most of my friends were guys. And uh, But I, when I went to high school, I got put in what would be called A.P. classes uh-huh. now, but it was college track and genre. And you know,
2: as my daughter was instructing me last night, because she knows all about you, uh, you got a D in writing. Creative, creative <laughs> writing. I made, creative writing. I made excellent
1: grades in uh, English, but my junior year in high school, when I was writing in uh-huh. the I got a... D and Crady Friday. See there's hope. That's well, probably like I didn't do my homework, I was writing a book.